With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered chumpacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to The Hangover. Welcome back to Still Curtain Network, a fans first uh, sports network um, partnership. <laughs> I guess that's how you could say it. I'm your host, Daniel. Alongside with me, as always, is Shannon. Shannon, how you doing? I'm doing awesome, brother Daniel. And uh, just had a beautiful day here in, in uh, sunny, wonderful, wild West Virginia. So, yeah, I've been, it's been a good day, and I'm ready to talk some Steelers football. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's been a it's been a crazy week here, man, out here in Texas. The weather's gone up, it's gone down, it's gone back up. And, <laughs> you know, I think it's supposed to hit like 85, 90, and then it's supposed to drop back down to the 40s. So who knows what's gonna happen? It's yeah. bipolar, no one knows. Yeah. Uh, but today we're gonna be talking about on, on well, today on the hangover, we're gonna be talking about is youth versus experience, and we'll get into that in a second. Uh first I want to ask you, Bud Dupree. Showed up, no contract. What are your thoughts? I was shocked because everybody's like, well, usually people come and visit with the Steelers. They usually don't leave without signing a contract. Right. Uh, you know, just that's just the way it's always been in the past. But everything's changing. Con and, and Waddle, they do things different. And I think they wanted to kick the tires and talk to him, see what kind of money he's wanting. Yeah, he went. They give him a physical. I've seen reported. So you know they might be waiting to, you know, go over that and then see. You know, a lot of it'll tell us a lot 
if they sign him before the draft versus waiting till after the draft, you you know he wants to be signed before the draft, if at all possible. Right. Uh, but right. the Steelers, there might be a, an edge guy there that I haven't really thought about that as a big area of need, but the Steelers, they love their edge guys. So they might be looking for somebody there to follow around 17 uh, or 32. And so they might wanted to kick the tires, but they might be kind of wanting to wait to see what happens. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I, I think it makes sense for both parties, to be honest with you. You know, I think the Steelers want to see what they can grab in the draft. And, and I think Bud Dupree wants to see if there's there's an option out there where he can get more playing time, show his worth, and perhaps bring in a little bit more dough into his pocket. And so, you know, um, I think it would be a good match to bring him back. Uh, I think this is the place where, you know, Pittsburgh was a place where he was his most successful. Um, you know, he's comfortable. He knows the players. He's familiar with the linebacker room um, and the players that are there, obviously. And so I, I hope he, I hope it turns around and he ends up signing. Um, we'll see. We'll see. But the Steelers are going to need to fill that position. Um, but since we also last spoke, there was two new additions to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There was uh, first, it was um, safety, Keanu Neal. Uh, former first-round pick, if I'm correct. And the second one was um, Brandon Fioco, who was an undrafted um, defensive interior lineman out of LSU, who in the last year had a few, had about three starts, uh, played noticeably, uh, looks very good against the run. Uh, what are your thoughts on those two additions? We'll start off with Keanu. Um, is he well, one? Do you think that's a uh, – is that a a better option than Terrell Edmonds, an equal option or a worse option? I, I would hesitate to say an equal option, mm-hmm. only because Neil, his big weakness is he is foot speed. He does not have four four something speed like Edmonds had. Edmonds right. was kind of like a custodian in, of the defense. You know, nobody appreciated him until he wasn't there to clean up the mess. That's what Edmonds did. He, when they were missed tackles or blown coverages, he ran guys down. And so he was kind of like, he cleaned up the mess, you know, so to speak. Neil, on the other hand, is the ultimate box safety. He's very similar to Edmonds in that regard, is that he, he likes to play up at the line and he hits. I mean, he's a hard hitter. Uh, he'll draw some penalties because he, when he has an opportunity, he, he lets guys know he was there. Mm-hmm. And he sticks them. So I think that if in the running game, uh, his physicality around the line of scrimmage, I think he'll be able to duplicate a lot of what the Steelers have lost with Edmund's absence now. The The things he won't be able to duplicate is he's not going to be able to shut down tight ends as good as Edmonds did. And he won't be that eraser, that safe security blanket on the back end. So right. – that, that's my main concern is the Steelers have gotten smarter. I think he's got better ball skills than Edmonds had just by the number of interceptions and plays he's had in his career. But I just think that they've gotten a little slower, at least at the safety position. Right. And the other thing also I would, I would say that I would lean towards uh, Terrell Edmonds is availability. With yeah. Neil, he's had a lot of injuries. He's mm-hmm. been, I think he's only had a, 
think two or three seasons where he played majority of the season. Yeah, I think he had an Achilles tendon rupture as well, which um, is, is a, I've had that happen to me. I'm not the same. Now, again, I'm not a professional athlete with a, <laughs> with a pro athlete body or anything like that, but um, you know, that injury, yeah, I, I wasn't the same person prior to it. And so uh, that injury affects people differently though. You know, he, him coming back, him being a uh, primarily, I think in his last two seasons was primarily like a uh, like a fill-in guy. He was more like depth than he was a starter. Um, I think that that's going to be his similar role here with the Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I think that he's going to be in that three safety set and being that guy in the box, being that guy up front, and allow KZ and Minka Fitzpatrick to cover deep. Yeah, you know, and uh, and read the quarterback, so to speak. And so um, I'm excited about it. Do you think that this signing, though, stops the Steelers from looking at a safety in the draft? I wish the Steelers had like a legit 10 picks mm-hmm. uh, because there is some safeties later, you know, in that fourth, fifth round range that I think could be projects that have, you know, excellent height, weight, and solid speed, they might need a little seasoning, get Mm -hmm. some experience to learn the NFL craft. So I would like to see the stores address that. But there's multiple positions that are not huge needs now, but still it would be preferable to address in those middle rounds. But the stores have some, some picks in the first four rounds and then nothing to the seventh. So that's that's a little disappointing. If they can trade back, maybe require some picks, more picks in the fourth and fifth, I think that would be beneficial to address an area like strong safety. I agree. I agree. Um, it, it's going to be a, uh, you know, when you look at who the Steelers have brought in, uh, they've only brought in one safety as far as pre-draft visits. I'm sure they're going to be bringing in a few more. I think they can bring in, uh, how many is it, 30? Per year, 30, yeah. is that it? So they've only, I think they're at 16. So they're just past the halfway point. Um, so we'll see how that fills out. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that bringing in uh, Neo kind of limits the desperate need for that yeah. that position, mm-hmm. and so it doesn't need to be addressed unless there's somebody of major talent fall and fall to a certain area. Um, they don't the want to reach. Yeah, they exactly. definitely they don't, don't want to reach. reach. That, that never pans out well. Uh, even if the guy has a good career like Terrell Edmonds, he was never mm-hmm. a first-round selection, and the right. Steelers reached, and then nobody will ever let him forget it. So I'm actually – we don't want to see him reach for any position. No, you're 100% accurate on that one, that's for sure. Uh, the next guy that the Steelers brought in was former Los Angeles Chargers defensive tackle, Brendan Fioku. Uh, I hope I pronounced that right. Um Interior nose tackle type, you know, depth to Martavius Adams, in my opinion. Um, I think this is a guy that's you're going to put in the middle. Uh, you're going to put him in the middle when you're going up against the Baltimore Ravens, when you're going up against the uh, Cleveland Browns and Nick Chubb and, and be a guy to take up space. You know, he's not a guy that's going to get a lot of sacks or a lot of pressures on your quarterback, things of that nature. And so, you know, he's going to allow he's going to take up space and allow those newly acquired middle linebackers to eat. And so I'm excited about him. What are your thoughts on that acquisition? I've been waiting all day to talk about Fahuku. 
<laughs> the reason I'm so excited is he's a fellow round belly. I mean, he is not a pass rusher in any way. He's not a quick twitch athlete. He's not a penetrator. In other words, he's the opposite of Montravius Adams. The, re- the reason I'm so excited is because I did not know who he was. So on Thursday, when the report came out that they signed Neil and they signed Fuku, I was like, who? And I'm and I'm embarrassed to say that I was I should have known who he was because when I was doing the article and the research for Drew Tranquil, who was the Chargers linebacker, there was multiple times in the film I'd be like, I mean, the Steelers need a lineman like that. They need a nose tackle like that. Because all he does is tie blockers. And he moves with the blockers, and he and he just takes away holes, takes away running lanes. He willingly sacrifices any statistics. He don't put any statistics out there. But the guys behind him rack up statistics. So he's one of them guys that's a selfless, team-first, lunch pill type. And he don't care if he gets the tackle. He wants to tie up blockers and blow up that running uh, scheme. I'm very excited about him. He reminds me of Tyson Alulu in that ability to take on multiple blockers, not give ground. When he come out of LSU, he won a national championship with LSU. When he come out, he was undrafted and the Chargers took him. And he was always practice squad active roster, practice squad active roster. He was back and forth. He's had four starts, like 30-some tackles, and no sacks, no force. You know, uh, one tackle for loss. He's That's not his game. His game is a disruptor. As far as he, you have a plan. We want to run in the A-gap, and he's going to take that away. Or we're going to run, you know, he ties up blockers. And he's the kind of guy that the teammates are going to love him. Now, he's, he's a one. I mean, he's from Honolulu, and he likes to do the hockey, or if I'm saying that right, they do the warrior dance before the games. Him and his family, the fans are going to eat that up. We're all going to love it. He brings a warrior's mentality. The reason I know so much, because I, I, I knew nothing about him, but I've got an article that I just wrote about him, and now he's bringing the warrior's mentality to Pittsburgh. And that is infectious. That is is contagious. He gets in that locker room, and the, his teammates loved him. LSU fan base loved him. The Chargers fan base, if you go to their podcast and read some of their articles in the discussion threads, people are pissed that they let him go. Because yeah. that's all he did. I mean, he wasn't flashy. He didn't put stats up, but he come in and he tied up blockers. And when he was in the game, the Chargers have a very – unimpressive, underwhelming defensive line rotation. When he was in there, their running game was substantially better. Their running defense was substantially better than when he wasn't. And that's what the Steelers have needed. When Alulu was hurt two years ago, they tried Wormley, they tried Loudermilk, different people, Adams late in the year, and nobody could hold up double teams and could, you know, stand their ground and anchor this kid, it's hilarious. They got him listed at 6'3", 300. Man, that was a long time ago when he was 300 pounds. I mean, he's he's put on the weight and his lower body's thickened up, so he anchors very well. You know, low center gravity. He wins through effort 
and leverage. Right. And I'm very excited about him. Of all the guys that they've signed in free agency, this kid looks like an afterthought. But don't be shocked if he ain't the starting nose tackle for the Pittsburgh Steelers when the season starts. And he's kind of a placeholder and a mentor for whoever they pick up in the draft. Because I do think they're going to try to get a big defensive tackle somewhere early in the draft. And this guy is perfect as a mentor, as a teammate. I think the fans is going to love him. And I think he's going to be a really good fit in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree. You know, I did look into that. So when they acquired, when the Steelers acquired him, of course, I obviously did the same thing. And I saw the, the, uh, the Chargers fan base and some of the articles that you, you mentioned state that, the, the fans, they're going to feel this one. This was going to sting a little bit. Yeah, this was a, yeah. this was a locker room guy. This was a guy that was a team first guy. And, um, you know, I'm glad that we, the Steelers acquired him and he seemed excited. You know, he went to Twitter when he mm-hmm. got signed as well. And so, you know, I think this is a, a dream match. He looks like a young Tyson Alualu to me, uh, a little bit bigger, uh, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, but a young Tyson Alualu. And I think he has that, you know, aggressiveness and that nastiness that you were speaking about as well. Uh, one of my good friends is actually a Chargers fan. and I got to talk to him a little bit about it. And so uh, I'm excited to have him on board. Um, you know, you think he's going to, is he going to be wearing 96? Is that out yet? I've not heard. I mean, I know that's what he did wear for the Chargers, but uh, I think it'd be good. Uh, I, I think it, that I'd like to see him in 96. It's funny. You look at Somalu. And, um, well, yeah, Holcomb for that matter. And uh, Fahuku, these guys got some great hair, man. <laughs> I mean, his, he loved Troy Palomalo growing up. Yeah. And at times when he lets it grow, he looks like he got some Troy Palomalo hair. So, <laughs> you know, he'll get out there and make a big stop, get out there and do that dance. And then take that helmet off and let that hair fall. But he will he play the renegade the same time as people will lose their mind. Oh, dude, <laughs> I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I'll be at one of those games. Looking forward to that. Um, but speaking about who he may be mentoring, uh, the Steelers have brought in 16 uh, pre-draft visits uh, players so far. And in my opinion, it's very heavy cornerback based right now. You have, was it, five? Keely Ringo, Joey Porter, Emmanuel Forbes, Julius Brents, Tyreek uh, Stevenson. Uh, that have come in, does that t- does that tell you that the Steelers are going to go cornerback at seventeen, or do you think that's just doing their due diligence? Well, do we believe what they're saying? That's true. I mean, last year the Steelers looked at every quarterback. I mean, if they would have been a guy in Australia that you know said that he might have talent, I think they'd have went there and, and sent somebody <laughs> to take a look at him. They did their due diligence last year on quarterback. Well, who was the first-round pick? Kenny Pickett. This year, they've looked at more cornerbacks and defensive linemen than any position. And in my opinion, that – you know, I'm talking about the, the, the senior bowl, the combine, pro right. days. They've really focused on cornerback and defensive line. Uh, offensive line a little bit less, right. but they're they're trying to build the right way. And I think that's common, but I think a lot of it's Weidel's influence. And uh, so I'm, I'm believing them, and I'm thinking that if, even if it ain't the 17th pick, that early 
first or second round, they are going to pick a, a cornerback, hopefully cornerback one for the future. And that's why they brought in uh, Patrick Peterson so he can mentor him. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking as well. You know, um, and, you know, especially when Mike Tomlin mentioned the fact that that he might be playing certain packages where he could be moving over to safety. Uh, if he ends up moving over to safety, somebody has to replace him as a cornerback, right? And so, you know, you that would be a good position for a young rookie cornerback mm-hmm. to come into is they only have to learn part of the uh, playbook at a time. They don't have to learn everything. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm for one thing, and that's probably the angle that they're going. Uh, they brought in a few linemen for the pre-draft visits. Uh, Dewan Jones, this is a guy that you were high on and you've been high on as well. Um, they bring him in. Where where do you see Dewan Jones going in the draft? Do the Steelers have to take him at 17, or do you think he can make it all the way to 32? I think he'll make it to 32, mm-hmm. uh, right in that range. He might go a couple picks early because people know, you know, it's funny this year, it all depends a lot of it on the quarterbacks. I think if, if like four to five quarterbacks get taken, at least four in that first round, that's good. It's going to help knock some guys down to 17 for the Steelers. Then if one of them, let's say Levis, let's say falls to 32, that will put the Steelers in a great position because teams are going to want to move up, you know, who was waiting on him. Well, one, you know, Steelers have all night to think about it and the next day to field offers and, you know, for multiple selections to, for a team to move at that 32nd spot. If nobody, you know, that doesn't happen, then I can see John Jones going at number 32. I think 17 is too early. Mm-hmm. Because I really, I think he could be a dominant right tackle. I question his ability to play left tackle. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, he's got the size, the reach, everything, but he, he doesn't move laterally that well. And we know where most of your top pass rushers come off that left side. Right. So I I, would, I think that his value is at right tackle. And I think 32 is a prime position. So if he falls that far, the Steelers, they hold all the leverage. They can just take him if that's who they like. Or they can trade that, maybe move down just a few picks, accumulate extra picks, and still get him. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I I think that, you know, based on what you're saying, I think you're you're right. You would put him in the right at the right tackle position, especially if he has a, an issue moving laterally, and you're you're going up against the uh, the opposition's best outside linebacker. Uh, if the Steelers ended up drafting him, would you see the Steelers um, moving Chooks over to the to the right or or um, or keeping Dan Moore or moving Dan Moore? I'm sorry, uh, keeping Dan Moore at the left. Or moving Chooks to the left, I'm sorry. Got that backwards. Well, something I wanted to see happen last year that the Steelers didn't do was during camp and the preseason, move these guys around. They have incredible versatility and position flexibility in that interior offensive line. They had it last year. They really got it now with Samalu and Daniels and Herbig and Cole. They could all play center or either guard. Right. But if they would take a guy like Juwan Jones, you know, let him maybe try him out on the left side, see what he looks like. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
and rotate them guys. Play them on different sides. Let if if you let Jones play a little bit of left tackle in a preseason game, let Moore and uh, a core for man the right side and right. see how they do. Everybody says, well, core for they tried him at left tackle and he didn't do good. Well, that's true. But anybody that really realizes and, and knows anything about a core for the young man didn't start playing football the late in, uh, in his teens. And he come over to the United States and he's, he's very, he was always passive, great athlete, great footwork, but he wasn't mean. He wasn't nasty at all. But last year, you started to see him come out of his shell and get in some shoving matches and some shouting matches and, you know, a little bit of activity after the whistle. Nothing cheap or dirty, but, you know, still a little bit of pushing and shoving. And he stood up more for himself. And I've seen a little bit of dog come out in him. And I think that he gained a lot of confidence last year. He had his best season. He played next to Daniels, and I think he learned a lot, and he was comfortable. When he was next to um, Dotson, Dotson's rookie year, and they played on that right side there when DeCastro was out, that was some of the best football Corfor ever played as well. I think he needs to play next to – who he plays next to really influences his game. Right. So let's say you move him to left tackle. You take Juwan Jones, move a Corfor. Who's he going to be playing next to? Most likely, Samalu. And that guy's a technician. I mean, he's yeah. he's fundamentally superior. And what a what a guy to play next to. I think that would bring out the best in the core for it. It might bring out the best in more. So, but you can have two guys battling there. So I think regardless of what happens to Steelers, if they was able to get Dewan Jones are in a really favorable position next year. Yeah. Yeah. So do you- do you think he's a week one starter? Because I think, I think he may not get get a week one. I don't think he'd be the week one starter. I think he'd have Tom, to. Tomlin don't longer. start rookies if he don't have to. Yeah, I think he'd yeah. go in there with Chooks and yeah. Moore, starting it out, and maybe perhaps having uh, Jones as a swing for a little bit, and then uh, work his way in there. And, and obviously, if there's uh, were to be something like an injury, then he would take one of their places, or they would move things around. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to be talking about youth versus experience by position. So don't go anywhere on the YouTube side. Just sit sit tight. We're going to take a quick pause. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sticking around. Uh... Before we get started, I wanted to tell you guys, um, if you guys haven't checked out uh, the audio side only, there is so much uh, podcast that comes out. I think it's like, what, a couple of them a day. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my own that comes out on Saturdays at around noon. It's called State of the Steelers. Um, Shannon, do you have you just do you have some that are audio only or is it just all on YouTube? And I just have the two YouTube ones. The two YouTube ones, yeah. But they're also on audio platforms, so if you're wanting to go for a drive or whatnot, don't want to use the YouTube and you just kind of want to put in the earbuds, you can go check that out. There's also uh, Jeff Hartman's Let's Ride. You have Bad Language from uh, Brian Anthony Davis, the uh, Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, uh, and so much more. So make sure you guys are checking that out. And also make sure you guys check out Fans Fans First Sports Network. Um not only do they have NFL out there, there's also other sports. So if you're interested in MLB, hockey, things like that, you can kind of follow through and check out their list of podcasters that may be able to find your other fix when it comes to to sports that's not the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and so <laughs> with all that out of the way, uh, let's talk about youth versus experience. I think that obviously the combination of the two is kind of what you want to look for. Uh, when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, it appears to me that they're really heavily sided on one side, the defense with experience and really heavy sided with inexperience and youth on the offensive side. Um, how do you feel first and foremost about the way this team is being built in that manner where, like I said, a lot of those major pieces on, on offense are on rookie deals and, and the defense is the highest paid. Um, what, what are your first initial thoughts and feelings about that aspect of it? Well, I'm kind of glad about the youth movement on the offense because Kenny Pickett being your starting quarterback and hopefully for the foreseeable future, now whether he's a franchise quarterback, that only time will tell. If a guy can get you in the playoffs, win the big game, to me, I call a franchise quarterback a guy who at least gets a team to the Super Bowl, preferably wins the Super Bowl. Then, in my book, he's a franchise quarterback. Until you do that, a lot of times it's because there's red flags, there's weaknesses. You know, you take guys like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, these guys have put up some big numbers and been very successful, really good winning percentages, getting the playoffs, and they can't get no farther. That is not a franchise quarterback in my opinion. So my definition and a lot of people's is a little different. But you want a roster – of a certain age that can grow with Kenny Pickett so that when he's hitting his prime years and, you know, they have that window, two to three year window to win a Super Bowl, that everybody has come along for the ride. There's familiarity, there's growth together, chemistry. And I like how the Steelers are doing this. You look at their offensive line. Everybody's 20, you're going to be this year 27 or younger. That's impressive because they've all mm-hmm. got four to five years experience pretty much besides right. Dan Moore. So they're young still, conceivably still entering their prime, but they are young 
enough to grow with your rookie or second year quarterback. You know, Najee's very young, Pat Fryermuth, Pickett's all their, as you said, all their young guys on offense uh, are been just added recently. And they are building, you know, that offensive line in front of them with guys who are relatively young but have a lot of experience. So that's a prime example of they've had a plan and they've really stuck to it on that offense. I think so, too. And I, I really do think that they built it up the right way, you know, because you're looking at, for instance, your left tackle and your quarterback, which would be arguably the most expensive positions on the offensive side. Uh, covered with rookie contracts. Um, your receiver, I mean, he's not I mean, with Deontay Johnson. He's not, uh, in my opinion, a, a wide receiver one. Um, nope. That's just my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Uh, and so you, you don't have a wide receiver paycheck going out there. George Pickens, he has the ability to potentially become that. You know, I think he he needs some fine tooth learning when it comes to route running, you know, those type of things. But I think he has the ability to be a very, very special player. He's going to be on a rookie deal for the next couple of years. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is on a rookie deal this year. Uh, You know, he's our tight end who's also, you know, his trajectory is pointing upward. And so the only thing that (laughs) that's going to kind of be the downside to that is they're all going to want their paycheck at around the same time. And so, uh, but you know that's a good problem to have, you know, because that would mean if they're going to be if they're going to earn that paycheck, that would have meant that they've done some really good things. Yes. And so, uh, I think it's now time for the defense. But there are certain positions that I can say that I think that experience in those positions are are better than throwing in a, a, a young guy. I would say the offensive line. Uh, you don't necessarily need a young guy, and you can allow a young guy to grow. And with experience in that position, somebody who started off maybe not the best can can end up being a solid player. Uh, not so much with, for instance, like a running back. I think that that's a short-lived position. Yes. You want youth there. Um, and so what other positions on the offensive side do you feel, or what do you feel the positions on the offensive side that you would prefer experience at? Well, one obvious one that Steelers learned the hard way is center. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Creed Humphrey, when he come out, I said he was the best center prospect I'd seen in years. Mm-hmm. The reason why is it's not just the physical talent. He almost scored a 10 on his RAS score. So he is very athletic for an interior offensive lineman. Built just like a center. Mm-hmm. Uh but what impressed me is listening to him talk in interviews and with his father, when he, when he started playing football, even in the little leagues, he was a center. He always wanted to be a center. He studied Mike Webster, Dermonte Dawson, Stevenson, all the great centers, Otto, all the ones from the past. He studied them. He wanted to be the best center and be mentioned in the same rarefied air as those guys. That's a mentality. So, therefore, he has great leadership. He communicates so well with his teammates. And you see all that when he was at Oklahoma. So, everybody was talking about this guy can play center or guard, or this guy can do, you know. But to me, 
if I was drafting a pure center and going to start him as a rookie, I would have took Creed Humphreys because he knew what it took to be uh, a starting center in the NFL. He mm-hmm. just studied it. It's all he ever wanted to be. Right. You know, it wasn't like he was a – he played defensive line in high school too and, and maybe transitioned when he got to college. He was always the center. So that's why when they tried to turn Kendrick Green into a center – I loved his athleticism and his mobility, but he had no clue. Playing center is so much more responsibility than the other offensive line positions. Because you're trying to communicate with all five guys. You know, you're in direct uh, communication with the quarterback, any side adjustments, and it's a lot. And you think a young guy like Kendrick Green, he did not handle that well. At all. So beyond his size deficiencies and strength deficiencies, his he had no experience. So yeah, I I was so glad when they brought in Cole. And we see what a difference it made just having somebody with experience. Yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, Cole having that experience, being there. Uh do you think there's any hope for Kendrick Green? Do you think that uh he's gonna be in the XFL soon? In my opinion, and I hate to say this because I've really rooted for the young man. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see him be successful. But I, my heart dropped last uh, training camp and preseason when they started trying him at guard. And he said that he was so glad they was letting him try at guard because he never felt comfortable at center and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, it's hard. And it's a yeah. responsibility. It's like the green dot at middle yeah. linebacker. You know, some guys want that responsibility. They, they accept that. They thrive in it. Other guys, he shuts them down. As I always say, paralysis of over-analysis. Right, you right, get right. a guy and they have to think too much. Some guys don't do anything. They want to do this, they want to do that, and they end up standing there. And that's what Kendrick Green did so many times. So the fact that he doesn't want to learn to play center at six under 6'2", maybe 300 pounds with short arms, you're not playing NFL guard at his size. Yeah. So he's a center or he's nothing. So he doesn't want to learn to play center. So in my opinion, he's nothing. Yeah. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, I didn't – he was a worse guard than he was a center. And him being in the center position, uh, I mean, he, the Steelers did Ben wrong, in my opinion. Oh, Lord, <laughs> you know, yeah. They, yeah. Like, they should have pulled that plug way <laughs> earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, geez, I think if they had done that, I mean, Ben, uh, maybe he plays another year because he feels better. <laughs> I'd be scared if I was him. Yeah, well, playing behind behind Kendra Green, yeah, I would have to. Uh, that 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 was horrible. That was a horrible decision. Um, but you know, the Steelers are moving on. I don't think he'll be on the team after this, uh, after training camp. I think he'll make it through training camp. The Steelers are going to give him that opportunity. Uh, Kendra Green, that is. Uh, but I don't think he's going to make the 53. Uh, it's, it's unfortunate, but it is what it is. You got to cut your losses. And hopefully when it comes to, you know, Omar Khan um, and his regime is maybe perhaps they can identify when they've made a mistake a little bit sooner. That's been one of the things that I've kind of, uh, notice about this team is that they'll make a mistake like a Kendrick Green and allow him to play majority of the season. And instead of acknowledging, hey, we messed up on this third round pick, uh, which, you know, a third round pick isn't 
isn't a yeah. guarantee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And so, you know, you're you're risking your your very uh, aged Hall of Fame quarterback yeah. there by yeah. <laughs> by having him there. And so, um, yeah, it, it's it is what it is. Hopefully, that aspect or that mentality can change. Um, what about what about the quarterback position? Do you think that that position is better suited for youth or for experience? Actually, to win Super Bowls anymore, you want to have that quarterback on that rookie deal. Yep. Or, you know, towards the end of that rookie deal because there's that window where you can use that lower salary because quarterback salaries are so astronomical. You can build the rest of that roster like the Eagles did last year, like the Niners did, and have a complete roster, and then you're so competitive, and you're a true contender. Once you have to start paying $230 million to Deshaun Watson, however much Lamar Jackson's going to get, Josh Allen's coming up. Uh, we know what Mahomes is getting paid, but he the way they've done it, they were proactive and signing him way early and then now they can maneuver and move money around eventually it always comes due but when you see what Mahomes is making versus Aaron Rodgers is what close to 60 million dollars yeah I mean that's insane the the Chiefs <laughs> are still making moves they're still you know improving that football team some teams do it better than others but if you had to pay a Russell Wilson you any of these guys and being towards the end you, it, you, you're going to sacrifice depth somewhere. Hmm. So right now, I'm happy if if Pickett proves in as a soft in his sophomore season here, year two in the NFL, if he proves that or looks anything like he could be a potential franchise guy, then the Steelers are sitting pretty in the division because we don't oh, know what goodness. the Ravens are going to have at quarterback. The Browns are going to be overpaying forever, and. Burroughs, they're already starting them contract negotiations, and he's going to get paid a pretty penny. So the Steelers have an advantage that way. I agree. I agree 100%. You know, the quarterback position, you're right. It, it has to be either you have a quarterback on a rookie deal that you can afford to build the team around him and hope that you build that quarterback to the point where once that talent uh, goes elsewhere because you can't afford it, that – the quarterbacks play can elevate the team around them to get to that point. And so uh, it's, it's wait and see, and you got to see who, who you got. But for one, Terry Bradshaw thinks the Steelers got a guy. Did you see that? Or um, I think it was on Twitter, Terry Bradshaw and Kenny Pickett together. Yeah. I did see the picture of him hugging him and yeah. 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 And so that, that's already on a, on a better foot than Terry and Ben. So. Yeah. yeah that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're already going in the right direction. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one another good good step there. But uh, you know, I, I think having Pickett on a rookie deal also helps, like you said, build the team around them, and then also to build him. What is a stat rec- a stat that you're looking for, for for Pickett when it comes to touchdown interceptions for the 2023 season? I think we've seen so much improvement late in the year. Right. And he cut his interception total. I mean, it, it was minuscule. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, if you notice, when he was down around the red zone, 
when it, the field tightens up and you don't have as big a wind as he would throw the ball where his receiver can make a great catch and get a touchdown, but the defender had no shot at it. Right. When he first started throwing, started playing, he was throwing 50-50 balls. And some of them was getting tipped and intercepted. You know, Claypool wouldn't come down with it or it'd go through guys' hands. And I think he realized then Tomlin's like stressing ball security, ball security. We're going to run this football. The line's getting better. We're going to control time and position. You protect the football. I think that they'll kind of loosen those reins a little bit this year. So I would like to see 20-some touchdowns and 8 to 10 interceptions. That is a good percentage. I mean, in the Steelers' offense, that was really consistent with Ben through the years. Even when he hit 30 touchdowns, he'd have 12 interceptions. You know, So all interceptions are not created equal. It's when they happen and where they happen. That's true. And if you're putting up 25 to 28 points on the scoreboard and you've got a solid defense, some interceptions are worth the risk. But like last year, when you're averaging 20 points a game, you had to focus on ball security. Yeah. Now, the great thing is Harris just never fumbles hardly. He is great at ball security. And Warren really, you know, we thought in training camp and preseason he might have a problem, but he did really good. So they didn't turn the ball over a lot on the ground, you know, dropping it, fumbling. But after those early interceptions, that Trubisky went through a little string there, as we know. But mm-hmm. once Pickett got under control and started protecting the football, they had a really good turnover ratio. So, yeah, I'm thinking 20-some touchdowns, maybe 10 interceptions. I could easily live with that. Yeah, me too. You know, I was – I think the the bare minimum or the bar for a successful season for Pickett would be a two-to-one. So if he yeah. hits, you know, 20 TDs to 10 interceptions, I think that's that's a good successful year number two, especially when you look at, I think, last season, he still ended the season with more interceptions and touchdowns. You know, like going, seven to nine or something. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was very minuscule, and it, a lot of them were very early on in the first few games that he had. Oh, yeah. And then he went on a whole long stretch without having one. And so, um, you know, going from that to two to one, you know, with a strong running game, with this offensive line built the way mm-hmm. that they're – being built and uh, and what the Steelers have at the tight end position. And, you know, I think they're getting very close to being a very, very good, successful offense. Uh, I think they just got to put it together. I think they've got the pieces. They got to put it together. But on did the defense side – Oh, go ahead. Did you get a chance to read my wide receiver article last week? I have week? not yet. I did not get a chance. The Steelers have, you know, a few options to improve their wide receiver position. And there's a couple of guys there. One of them is one of their two official visits, pre-draft visits, Jonathan Mingo Mm -hmm. from um, Ole Miss. Now, you know one thing about Ole Miss wide receivers from Derek Metcalf um, and uh, A.J. Brown. These guys are jacked. They're stacked. And this kid's 6'1 and like 225, and he is built like a house. And he runs like a 4 4 3 40. Oh, wow. And he can he is great in the slot. He's super physical. 
but he's a great blocker. So when I see the Steelers brought him in for a visit, I was so excited because the Steelers don't have a slot guy. They're running Fryermuth out of the slot. They're running Connor Hayward out of the slot, but they don't have a true slot receiver. Mingo would come in and be that slot receiver. So there's a guy that we could really pay attention to because if they're going with that offensive line and they're going with the power, maybe a lot of outside zone running, right. and and let Canada play off of that, Mingo makes perfect sense. And hopefully everybody kind of overlooks him because you might get him in the third round. Yeah, I was about to ask you, like, where do you think you can get him at? You know, I think a third. I think a third round, and, and in the article I talked about Bryce Ford Wheaton out of WVU. I'm very familiar with him. And yeah. he could be in the fourth round. He'd give him a deep threat, a guy who's you know would be able to – he's got a huge catch radius, great vertical, 4.38 speed. The, he, the only reason he's going to be a fourth-round selection is, you know, Martavius Bryant, if you remember him, he played in college with two really good receivers ahead of him. Right. So the Steelers was able to get him late. The difference, Bryce Ford Wheaton never has played with a quarterback anywhere close to NFL caliber. Mm. He, his quarterbacks were pitiful during his tenure yeah. at WVU. You get him in with a mentor and a leader like Mike Tomlin, because he has some focus issues, but you get him with the right coach like Tomlin, you get him with an accurate quarterback like Pickett, in that offense, I think he could really be a weapon. He's a huge sleeper in the fourth. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I think the Steelers do need to get somebody for the slot. You know, Cal, uh, CA3, Calvin Austin third. he's he's a guy that's got speed and whatnot, but I don't – I went and looked back when the Steelers drafted him at his college tape, and I don't remember seeing him playing the slot a lot. He looked like he was more on the outside. He was. And so I don't know if he's a guy that could be an NFL slot receiver. Uh, All these yeah. guys that are that small? Yeah. Trying to make a living full-time out of that slot is usually a slot guy might be small like a uh, Edelman or a Welker. Was, yeah. Or, but they're stockier. They're, they're put together more. You get these guys that are under 190 pounds. They, it's very, they don't make it a living very long running them underneath routes uh, with them linebackers waiting in there and safeties. So, yeah, I think that he can be a real weapon in Canada's mm-hmm. offense. If used correctly, but I think he'll have to see a predominant amount of action on the outside. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. And he was a guy that, you know, famously Sauce Gardner had said was the toughest player that he had to guard in college. So uh, maybe perhaps he he was the answer to Deontay Johnson's position uh, for the future. Who knows? But they do definitely need a slot guy. But transitioning over to the defense real quick. Uh, as far as youth versus experience, um, you would think the cornerback position, you would want a youthful player due to the speed and agility of the opposition. But for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've had more of their success coming from experienced cornerbacks like a Joe Hayden and now drafting a Patrick Peterson, a Cam Sutton later on in his, uh, you know, he early on, he was just a slot guy. And so um, where do you where do you value that? aspect as far as the cornerback position and how do you see uh do you see the Steelers being successful this time around as they haven't had the most success drafting a cornerback early in the draft of recent years 
Oh, I've been scared to death of them drafting a corner in the first round <laughs> because outside of Mel Blunt and Rod Woodson, there's nothing to write home about in that first round wide receivers, you know, for, well, Mel Blunt wasn't the first rounder, but um, I wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt because Terrell Austin has really done a marvelous job with the secondary since he came in. And I, I think he, he has a feel for it. Uh, they, they're doing all these mixed coverages and sub packages and, and he, he mixes it up and he gets guys smart enough to do that. You know, Hayden left and, but then you had kind of Cam Sutton and they, they bring in Wallace. Wallace had a good year. Now Wallace got toasted. There was times last year that he got burned by 20 yards on some of the big plays, like in the Buffalo game, the Philly game. He, so he does have an issue with his lack of foot speed, but he's very smart and he's crafty. But I've been wanting to see the Steelers go to a more athletic, faster press secondary where they can mix it up, but play true man, not off man, and take away some of that timing routes and stuff that quarterbacks like Burrow kills the Steelers on. And so I think that they got a guy in Peterson who could be that great mentor to a young guy. But I wouldn't even mind to see him double dip. If mm-hmm. they take a corner in that first round, if another one's down there and they pick up an extra pick or two, like we talked about, there's yeah. this is a deep class at corner. And I'd like to see them get more athletic, faster, but not just go pure project. They would get guys that were athletes, Cortez Allen, Artie Burns, you guys that were more athlete than football player. You got to have both. Yeah. No, I agree. You do have to have both. Um, I think with the Steelers, I echo some of the same things. You know, I'm terrified of them drafting the corner back <laughs> in the first round. You know, uh, I almost second guess when they uh, when they when they look at one or they bring in one. It's like, man, they're looking at this cornerback. I don't know if he's going to be good this year or not because the Steelers yeah. wanted him. <laughs> but you know. Hopefully that changes, you know, uh, I mean, the Steelers were bad at drafting quarterbacks until they got bad. And so, yeah. you know, from Terry to Ben. So there's this, there was a huge gap. You you're bad at something until you're not. And, you know, for the Steelers, I think that hopefully this year, you know, they have, I think they got the guys to build up a cornerback. You know, you got a Minka Fitzpatrick for leadership. You have a Patrick Peterson for leadership, Terrell Austin, who um, was a defensive backs coordinator, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yep. And so, you know, that he's a defensive coordinator there. So uh, you have a lot of that help around him to build up that cornerback if they end up do deciding to go cornerback in the, at number 17, mm-hmm. um, which by all indications, and it kind of looks either 17 or 32 that one of those are going to go there. Uh, if they double dip, are you seeing an uh, outside corner and a slot guy or two outside guys? It'll just depend on what falls, what's available. You know, there's some slot guys that are very impressive this year. Um, one guy we talked about a little bit in an article today is, uh, I can't remember his name now, it's uh, Gilmore. Stephon Gilmore's brother mm-hmm. plays at Marshall. Now, he's smaller like a slot guy, but he can play on the outside. But he's a guy that was very impressive at Marshall. He's got some dog in him. He plays bigger than 5'9 and 188. And, you know, he's got the 4'4 speed. He's not a blazer, but he runs good. And there's a guy that 
a lot of teams are looking at fifth, sixth round. So that's what I mean. If they double dip, there's some guys in this draft that can come in, maybe be a part of the your special team starting out, sub package, but you can develop because they have the measurables. There's there's a couple of the guys that are 6'2", 6'3", that are football players and still have decent speed, but it's where they went to college. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They, you know, the level of competition. And that's knocking them down in a dream, in a deep draft. So this could be the year where the Stewards could double dip. I think so, too. I think there's a good chance. I think they're going to – there's a good chance that they double dip in a couple of positions, get a couple of cornerbacks and maybe a couple of offensive linemen or, or even defensive linemen. It's, it's exciting. It's going to be an exciting time because there's so many positions of need and there's so many different directions that they can go. And, you know, there's, there's, there's so many holes that are still left on this team. I mean, even the outside linebacker position, you know, like we started off with the show with Bud Dupree, it's still a question. I mean, right now it's who uh, Quincy Roche, uh, did Jameer Jones come back? Yeah, yeah they're back. And, yeah. So, and so it's, it's, it's a huge drop on the, on the edge. And so maybe the Steelers might, might attack that position as well. If they can't come to terms with Bud. Look at, to me, I mean, just sitting back looking at it, defensive line is the biggest hole. There, yeah. I mean, I think they really addressed it with uh, Braden uh, Fuhuku. Right. I mean, I think that he is going to be able to give them what they've been missing and that run stuffer inside. But, you know, okay, we, we got him, we got Martavius Adams, but they got to get younger because Cam is, you know, when yeah. he's getting to that age that if he hits the wall, it can happen quick. Look at Alulu. Yeah. You know, that injury did a lot to him, but last year he was not even close to the same. I don't want to see that happen with Hayward. And as guys get older, they get more injury prone. So, yeah. I I mean, hopefully he's still the same player this year, but they got to start getting younger. So, mm-hmm. as you said, that's another position that they could, you know, depending on how things fall, they could look to double dip. Yeah, no, for sure. And – um It'll be like Christmas morning come late April. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I'm looking forward to it. Maybe It'll too. be a good time. Uh, we get a little long in the tooth. Though. So do you have anything coming up you want to let everybody know? I know you said you, you did a, an article later that you're waiting to drop. Yeah. Uh, and I know that uh, uh, Dave Schofield and Jeffrey Benedict is doing a vertex on uh, Braden uh, Fahuku. Uh-huh. And, and then I have an article just – you know, getting people familiar with him, his background, what he brings to the table. You know, I think the fans are going to love that Warriors mentality, that intensity. Uh, I think that we're all going to really enjoy that. And, you know, everybody gets riled up when T.J. Watt does his sack, kick and dance and everything. And, you know, fiery players uh, help fire up the whole team and the, the crowd. And I think when you see – uh, Fogo, he he has a lot of that in him, so uh, that's that's the article. I don't know if it's posted tomorrow or Wednesday. Got you, got you. Well, y'all stay tuned for that. That's still on behindthestillcurrent.com. Uh, so go make sure you read all those articles and all the other ones that are coming out. For me, y'all, um, y'all won't hear from me again until Saturday at noon on the audio side only, where I'll be talking the state of the Steelers. So that being said, Shannon, take us out. Woo! <laughs>
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.